Hello, and welcome to the Tapers Podcast. A little bit early on in the uh, the week that we're putting out another episode, right? Yep. You know, with all this social distancing, self-quarantining, we uh, found some time to record another episode. Uh, this is a special episode. I feel like uh, later on we have a sit-down, Skype, have a nice Zoom convo with an old friend of ours, Captain Pat from my hometown of Monterey. Uh, he was on, I'd say, a year, at least a year ago. Uh, yep. And uh, it was a good convo. And, and uh, you know, obviously with him, the coronavirus is affecting him in other certain ways. But, you know, we'll get into that later. First, let's roll the intro. Hello, today we have our good old buddy, our friend, the captain of the friendship, Captain Pat. How are you doing, man? Doing so good. Aloha, friends. Captain Pat checking in, reporting for duty. <laughs> nice. We uh, we caught up with you. It's probably been almost over a year since you've last been on the show. I remember you came with you and uh, the... Uh, Mental hygiene, wigman, the wigman, yeah, hygiene activist, <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a fun show, and and uh, now with everything just the way it is, uh, I figured you're a good guest to provide some, you know, positives and also, but also you know, you're uh, a great insight. I feel like uh, I was on your Instagram story the other day, and and just seeing your story and seeing uh just the the love uh filter and you're just sh- sending love and i feel like that's what a lot of people need in these times and um yeah just friendship so i know caesar had a uh had a pressing question yeah cuz i know that the friendship crusade is a, a very it's a very mobile, very mobile movement. movement how has that been affecting i guess your lifestyle, guess your lifestyle. and your your friendship movement? Well, it's really interesting you asked that because I, uh, I actually just moved back into my parents' house mm. back in October. So I've been feeling this like quarantine crunch of like lack of freedom <laughs> yeah. since then. <laughs> Going from being, as you were saying, like being on the road and being very mobile and, uh, I was kind of, I just had the brakes kind of put on me when I first moved in here. So then it's interesting because just in the new year, in the last two months, really the last 50 days, probably I've been at this like peak of, of like my energetic, what I've been like, I'm ready to share, I'm ready to show up in Monterey and share all these things that I've been learning and been sharing all these other places. And then it's like, Oh, I'm out here sharing for two months. And then it's like boom, no, shut up, go back inside, and no yeah. one can come to your events, and yeah. you can't actually have events anymore. So it's um, how how has the the couple months been in in Monterey? I've seen there has been like cool art events, cool events. You've been doing like 
lot of spreading the friendship and and, and where uh, where your your roots are, right? Yeah, so that's been really exciting. Um, sharing a lot. I was teaching yoga once a month or once a week. I was doing my friendship activations, community building events once a month, and now it's all been on a big pause. Right. So I have, I've been wanting to do more things virtually. And when all this stuff hit, I was like, oh gosh, now everybody's going to be doing it. Now I'm not going to do it. And it's like having this ego check of like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because everyone else, no one else was doing it. Not no one, but it just, and then now the more people are doing it. Why would I, why would I not do something I already said I was going to do, but now Mm -hmm. more people are doing it. More people are receptive to it. Why would I not capitalize on that opportunity to share? Because what I have to share is needed, like right. mindfulness. In- and speaking of that, it's yes, we were, you know, quarantined from the outdoors for the most part, and yes, there's all these other measurements. But I saw some something online like you know, friendship isn't canceled, compassion isn't canceled, love isn't canceled. You know, all these things that are you know basic to uh, just human just being human it that's still a huge part of of life that we need and uh you know we will have to use other mediums like our, our phone or our zoom calls skype calls to uh sort of bring us all together and it's funny how in these times you know stuff like uh we're seeing all this stuff in social media and and uh and video chat conference calls like this to uh help bring the people together right Yep, it'll be really interesting to see how everything unfolds when when we're allowed to like hug each other and <laughs> for real, <laughs> and we're allowed to be in, uh, because we've already been pretty isolated already. You know, right. we're more connect. We've already been more connected and more isolated than we've ever been as a human species, and now we're more isolated than we've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've ever ever been right we've ever ever been and now we're really using these tools to stay connected to people as i mean it's still like it's like a pleasure and a poison at the same time mm-hmm. uh, so it's all about balance and being able to right right yeah because at the same time it is through a screen through a, a sort of small little fixture of our human actual connection right and uh that is interesting. Uh, I wonder, I know Caesar was saying how there's going to be this whole uh, boomer, boom, baby boom in, in nine months, yeah. right? Yeah, the 2020 the December babies. Christmas is going to be woo, a lot of baby Yeah, yeah but uh, Corona babies. <laughs> but it's funny that you mentioned that because there's definitely a... It's weird just even shaking someone's hand. Like, you can't even do that now. And, and it's just a basic... Uh, we need touch. We need uh, to reach out and, and hug, love. You know, we need that sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, we have we have sensories. We have sensors on our skin that are designed for us to, like, handle our emotions. And by other people, like, stimulating those points in our skin. It's, that's why some people are... You know, there's more people that are into hugging and more people, some people aren't so into hugging. But my theory actually is, is people that are like, oh, no, don't hug me. They actually need more hugs. They need a 
description for more hugs, starting with hugging themselves. Because mm-hmm. that's um, that's all I think of right now is coming as we come out of this and we're, we have to like be humans again. It's like, what's it going to be like for people that got to go back to jobs that they didn't even like in the first place? Very is good. It, are they, they going to, you know, are they going to be super grateful? It's like, oh, I got my job back. You know, are they <laughs> grateful for it? Or are they going to be coming in there with their, I don't know. Like, same old attitude as before of just showing up and doing as little as possible to, to get through and, and get the get the money or or are they going to come with you know i i'm here for a reason right yeah it's it'll, it'll be interesting i don't have one of those regular job things so i don't know what that's like uh, yeah i do try that out every once in a while <laughs> you know what it's like at least i do kind of well, it's crazy how I know you're an educator and uh, just how quickly schools have had to move to online. Like uh, it's it's crazy how the span in the span of such a couple weeks, we've it's almost like what have things that have you know been in, in the back of our minds or brewing, you know, and have been debated and, and, and uh, deliberated upon for you know, multiple years of oh, this whole online le- learning. I mean, there are people who do online school, but now it's literally every every school has to do that now. Even the most well-respected educational institutions are now online schools. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You got to pay the same amount too. Yeah, <laughs> right. But USD same price as uh, as healed. Or, or what is it? There was one Arizona school that was really popular. Uh, University of Phoenix. Right? University of Phoenix, yeah. yeah. USC a- and University of Phoenix are on the same level now. Yeah. <laughs> it's evens us all out. But it's funny, too, because at, uh, at some level, I feel like some people are going to think, like, oh, now that I have this online school, I, I don't even need to go to to real school anymore. I just go online yeah. now. and. And I don't know, I, I could see it from other, from different perspectives of like, yeah, you, you don't have to leave your house and get possibly get infected or get germs or whatever. But at the same time, there is something about the classroom setting that that brings people together, no? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm an educator, so I'm, I'm pro-education. I believe in the power that the classroom can hold that it does hold and how much more it can hold at the same time i think that if you can there's also a theory that we've had when i even when i was going through graduate school that at loyola marymount whoop yep yep go lions um is if you can if you can learn it online if you can learn from a youtube video then why pay a pay to take a class everything pretty much everything that's in these universities you can learn those from anyone no, not to take anything away from anyone's education, especially me. I never thought I'd go to school as much as I did. But it's like a lot of the things that I've learned, aside from teaching things, actually being in a classroom with people, like a lot of these things I could have got online, maybe wouldn't have been as efficient, as good as I am. Um, but to be for real, like anything you want to learn, you can learn without having to go to university. Yeah, that's, that's a, a fair point. Yeah. I, I know, uh, I mean, just despite like you know caesar i know you did like science stuff and would you say how would you say that 
would that really apply or uh i think yeah i could have I think the only place where it differs is really in laboratories where you have to kind of do things in your hand. And it's by like, you know, you have to build muscle memory. But in reality, I could have probably seen YouTube videos about all the protocols. And then I would have, you know, fine-tuned it anyway on the job. So because in, in general, in, in school, you, you learn enough to understand it in a very shallow way, I guess. Unless, you know, you really go, you have a good professor, you know, they go in depth and they poke at your head and, you know, they teach you a lot more. But most classes, you know, they teach you enough to get you to pass an exam. The real learning ends up happening, you know, when you go on the job in many cases. But I would say part, I don't know, just not to play devil's advocate, advocate, but part of the classroom is, you know, face-to-face confrontation with other students and, and, I don't know, problem solving. And I, I... I could see it both ways, but I think I think my biggest my biggest uh, my 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 one statement that I could really stand by as far as this is the way that we educate in the United States, the typical standard classroom. We are only really that's one model of learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one model of creating a successful, you know one one pathway of creating a happy successful life financially financial health physical health spiritual mental health mm. that is that is a path to take and that's been a really popular one in our civilization mm-hmm. you know what is a little spooky is uh you know you're gonna have like a university like usc which charges like close to seventy thousand. um that realizes like wow all these students were they they didn't object to paying us seventy thousand for these online courses. Why, <laughs> why do we need all this real estate like in LA? Why don't we just shut this all down, sell it, and then just charge seventy thousand? And we like, man, how much money they would save if they just shut down that campus? Like, yeah, what would it be? Just keep the football field. <laughs> so they could rent it out. Yeah, rent it out. Yeah, that's low income housing. <laughs> now there's an idea. It's already oh, right there, right next door. More luxury housing. You know, I was thinking, <laughs> I, I it was kind of a bad idea, but you know how LA has such a problem with homelessness is that with all the hotels that are going out of business, just put all the homeless people in the hotels. But then <laughs> someone was saying like the hotels would get totally trashed, and <laughs> and I I don't know, I I don't know, but <laughs> that was sort of a, a digression, but. I, it's just another part of the issue of I saw somewhere that uh, now because of coronavirus, there's a bunch of money going to help homeless homeless off the streets, and you know it's there's it's a it's a big issue. I, huge awareness is people's awareness is being heightened more than it ever has been because we all across the entire planet, everyone who speaks every language knows exactly what the heck is going on right now. I mean, I mean, we don't know, we don't know what's happening at the same time, but everyone has this general, the, the average of people you walk by, if you bump into somebody, if you see somebody on social media, the chances are, if you see a human being that sees you, the both of you know, that it's like, <laughs> dude, this is really happening. Yeah. yeah. Like, we all feel this. And I, whether from the privileged to the underprivileged and everyone's on both sides of that coin, it's uh, to me, it's been bringing a lot of awareness to gratitude, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's a game changer when 
like technically, you know, they're telling people in Monterey that if you're if you're out walking around by yourself or driving around, that you could get arrested. Wow, that this was things, this was things that my dad said. My I'm like, what? The, what? <laughs> and, I mean, I haven't seen the alert and read all that, but at uh-huh. the same time, like, just the fact that that's even a thing that a citizen could be saying out loud, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, Luckily, I mean, I'm already black. <laughs> black things have people. Black things happen to black people already, man. We don't need another coronavirus for them to bring us down. Good point. Uh, I I I know it's something that's different is uh, you Monterey County and a few other counties and up in NorCal are totally shelter in place. Where's we're down here and we're a little. It's stay at home, or it's still yeah. They're they're still not as clear as other parts of California. But how has that been? Like, have you been able to like get out, or or is it all just what's the what's the daily life? It's pretty chill. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, Monterey's pretty slow, anyways. It is yeah, quiet. Yeah, uh, and I live by the beach, so I mean, I walk to the beach. There's people on the beach. Oh, like, every day feels like a Saturday. Really? More you see a lot of people walking around town. You see people you didn't even know lived in your neighborhood. I'm like, dude, you live here? It's like, yeah, man, I lived here for six years. Well, I've been gone for 12 years. It's like, okay. <laughs> now we can think about hanging out in a month. <laughs> but, but maintaining social distance, right? Yeah, it's like not crossing the street and like getting off my bike and like seeing a friend. But like, hey, what's up? And he and his wife are there with their like six-month-old daughter. And I want to go give him a hug and like, oh, go play with the kid like I normally would. But I'm just like, dude, I haven't met your kid. I can't even give you a hug right now. This is weird. Yeah. I don't want to like endanger your child's life by <laughs> with a hug. <laughs> no, I don't want to hurt your your child yeah. by giving you a hug. What? <laughs> That's it's, like, yeah, yeah. It's with your philosophy of of dabs, you know, daily act of offending someone, somebody. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it must be a challenge, right? Um, it's a it's an opportunity to to think more creatively in the ways that I can connect with people. Yeah, that's it's not easy. Like, phys- yes, physical touch. I'm already been lacking physical touch. I live at my parents' house. <laughs> I got no cuddles going on here. It's just not. So I've already been in, I've already been taking care of myself and been through this on my own. I did my own personal quarantine, but I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to be human. I mean, I wanted to be human, but I didn't want to like be human with other people. Um, the good news is you can still hug, hug your mom, right? Is that? Yeah, can. But I felt weird about it at first. Because <laughs> she's like, you know, she's 73. My dad's 68. And I'm like, dude, they're in the red zone. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, ah, I can't touch my parents. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just like, and then I also have these feelings of like, dude, maybe this isn't even real. I know I've had that a couple of times and I'm like, this doesn't even make sense right now. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I think, I think maybe, maybe, um, like, I don't know anybody who knows anybody who's gotten this COVID thing, mm-hmm. this Corona. So I'm like, right. what if, you know, just on the on the creative side of things, if, if you'll feed me this energy real quick. Yeah, yeah. What if nobody even has it until they get tested? 
And then they inject it with them right when they get tested. Oh, yeah, you got coronavirus. Or they'll pay people, but yo, we'll give you a million dollars and for all this food for your family and we'll take care of you. If you just say that you have it, we'll inject you and you'll get better. Or maybe if you do want, are you, are you okay with dying? Cool. Great. We'll give you more money. Uh, that's a dark, that's, that's a, a, a definitely a, a, a dark, dark perspective. I mean, if that happens, I, I'd, I'd have really little, the faith that I had in humanity would be absolutely erased if that were the case. I did hear one theory, though, is that because it's so hard to detect, uh, you know, and you could have the coronavirus in you for like a week or two without actually feeling symptoms, is that maybe that, uh, like, you know, in a couple, I know Caesar, like a month or two yeah, ago, well, you, were, si- you were sick. I was dying. Yeah. <laughs> and it was bad. And it's like, did he actually have the coronavirus? I might have, I might have had tested? it earlier in the year. Like, I, I was coughing for close to a month. And it was, like, hardcore coughs. Like, I was I was dying. Like, I'd literally go to bed. And I felt like I was just having, like, cold sweats and, like, fever dreams. And mm. I was I was super bad. And then I just yeah. kind of came out of it. And I think I had, the like, the exact same symptoms that someone with coronavirus had. Yeah. But in January... Yeah, Caesar made it through. Yeah, he's a survivor. One of my coworkers, like, he came into work last week, and he wasn't supposed to be in that building, but uh, he was like, because he's a little older too. But he was just saying, like, you know, odds are you and I have already had it, and we've survived. It probably came earlier in the year, and I was like, you know, that's probably true. When I came to think of it, because if it spread that, if it spreads as quickly as they say it does. For the amount of time that we didn't quarantine and it was already all over the place, we 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 probably got it already. Well, that's the thing is this leads to the questions like, can you get it twice? Yeah. And if you don't, can can they take the antibodies from you from your recovered body and uh, make yeah. it some sort of uh, medicine or, or uh, vaccine for it? Yeah. You know. I don't know. I don't trust those vaccines though. I'm a I'm science. My body is a gift to science. I'm full of coronavirus cure. <laughs> Everyone, everybody's got Corona, and Caesar is the, is the cure for coronavirus. Wait, wait, wait! Do you have a conspiracy about vaccines? Uh, not, not a con, not necessarily a conspiracy. I feel like that may take the validity away from. Oh yeah, what, what a terrible way to put yeah. Not a conspiracy. What what are your just uh, your general thoughts on it on them? Well, there's weird stuff in vaccines. Number one, number two, especially in these times, what they try to do is they want to expedite the vaccine clearing testing process. So okay, we've got this pandemic. We need a vaccine yesterday we're going to skip normally it would take like months to years to clear any drug let alone a vaccine and mm-hmm. that's through tons of clinical trials and da 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 yada yada mm-hmm. but what happens is in these times of emergency they rush through this vaccine so the, it gets expedited maybe it doesn't go through the same test maybe they clear it just because they they think it's going to help when in reality, there's a lot of things in there that they wouldn't have been able to put in the vaccine if it went through the same checks and balances on a regular timeline. 
So they expedite it. They put this extra stuff in there. I don't know what it is. And now everyone's like, oh, yes, give it to me. I need this vaccine. I need the vaccine to save myself and my family. Now everybody is voluntarily putting a whole bunch of a cocktail full of things in their body yeah. based off of fear. Right. In reality, like people like the, I mean, honestly, the big, the big thing is there's been like 16,000 people have died from the regular flu this year. From the regular flu. So right. everyone should be washing their hands anyways. Like Right, that's true, but but the rate of, of infection and, and the the way it spread this virus particularly, I feel like that's what people are most worried about is yes, you just wash your hands, but you know, that's why we're social distancing is because just how aggressive aggressively this What do you uh what do you guys think would have happened if no one ever isolated the coronavirus and like everyone just thought you know they were going through regular flu season you think a lot of people would have just stayed at home you know just eating some chicken soup chilled for a bit and those who were probably going to die for it were already like very you know prone to death from like a, a flu and then it would have just been another regular year i mean who knows? I guess we'll never know. We should write that movie. Yes. I okay. Like alternate um, reality. A world without Corona. I I I really think that we're we're doing the right thing. I mean, yes, our the global economy is going to get absolutely messed up by this. Um, people aren't traveling. They're not going out of the house. But I don't know. I, I if people were to go on along along the status quo. Of, I think there'd be no question oh, plenty more deaths. Uh, I mean, that's without question, right? And then two is, I, I, I could think even, I don't want to go worst case scenario, but like not just a couple more deaths, like a lot worse uh, worldwide just chaos of, you know, why are all these people dying? What's with all this going on? And, and, uh, well, that's like the tricky thing about it because apparently like the majority of people survive as long as they're, you know, if, if you're really, really serious, like, you you know, you go to the doctor and they treat you and then there's like a pretty good chance you'll survive. But like, that's the whole thing about the whole panic side of it where like the hospitals just get overwhelmed. They're like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. And then all these people that probably like really needed it can't even get any help. Right. Uh, apparently only... 10% of the people who get tested actually have the virus. So, you know, you have all these universities with their fancy epidemiology master's degrees. Where are they now? Yeah. When I needed them most. Yeah. I don't know. This is the word epidemic. It just seems like a real. There's some movies on Netflix that I've watched a while ago, and it really got me kind of tripping. I was watching Flash on netflix for a while and i kept i would watch like a few episodes and then i'd come out of the cave that i was in and i was like is flash gonna fix all this is this a flash episode <laughs> and I, like oh no flash isn't here we got to do this ourselves which which brings up a really interesting point of like what is happening to the earth from this time out yeah on the on a on an environmental level of things well, you know, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And Less so it's, pure pollution wait, than ever. 
Who's the virus? Where? Who? What's the virus? Oh, <laughs> uh, Joe Rogan has a. a, a <laughs> where he talks about, uh, he's like, "What would aliens do if they came to Earth and they would come down and they look at this huge body of water and like, wow, look at all this water?" And then they go through the the forest and they see all the trees and the lush plants and flowers, and then they come up to Los Angeles and they see this growth that has taken place on, on this landmass. And like, how would they describe it? It's just like taking over <laughs> the earth is with all the cities and concrete and everything. Yeah. And it's just, uh, that brings yeah. that makes me think of that time we were uh, making that video down in, in downtown and, and just concrete jungle and there's snakes in the jungle, right? But yeah, you got to yeah. realize and, and recognize the beauty of, of the snake. And, and they're doing their own thing sometimes. But it made me think of that. Yeah. yeah. That's well, kind of the fear. It could be, you could uh, go ahead. Is, yeah. What else is, is, uh, is, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, the fear, like, right now, this, this uh, corona is the snake. Right. Oh, there's the snake coming. There's a snake coming. Yeah, there's a snake coming. Yeah, it could really, you know, change a lot of things if you got bit by this snake, you know, and but it's like, how are you going to respond? Okay, there's the snake here. I'm going to wash my hands or wash my ass. I'm going to, you know, clean my mind. I'm going to, you know, stay calm, cool, collected. I'm not going to panic and go running because then a snake's going to chase you more. Because they can smell the fear. It's the same smell that you know a prey gives off when they're about to die. That oh no, not me. <laughs> so I think there's like a there's a strong like spiritual like element that's coming in right now with the collective. Right. Already people uniting for prayer all over the world. Already people have been doing that for for ages. You know Jesus, we know him a lot. All the Muslims, Jews, all of them. Like they're already now now everyone. It's just like when 9-11 happened, you know, the United States came together. Mm-hmm. Now this is like a 9-11 for the planet. Not really, but Against a, the silent, silent, uh, invisible snake. Right. You no, know, it's a beautiful thing because to see what's happening is everyone is. And that's where I think the gratitude is because no matter like the the privilege typically in the u.s and around the world you know like white privilege people talk about a lot but there's just all kinds of privileges and yeah. that's that's when it that's i i recognize I, my privileges when i can look look at my things i'm grateful for so if i've got a laundry list of things i'm grateful for i got some pretty i got a pretty high privilege you know and then when things are thrown into the stressful situation like this it's like okay well Maybe being a young black male walking the streets wouldn't give me a privilege in certain situations. But then now, you know, a young black, a young black brown, a young black male versus an old white man in a uh, a, a, a law type situation, you know, right? We've heard that story that many a times. But now, like, being a young black male i'm actually at a privilege of having yeah that's so true <laughs> so now it's like the f- coin is being flipped for like all the baby boomers who 
are responsible for for who our president is. Oh yeah, you're like they're describing. All Go ahead. Oh, you're um, you're like describing a concept in biology that I think a lot of people don't understand, where like natural selection doesn't yeah. choose an individual; the environment chooses the individual, and that's like the perfect scenario where. In certain environments, being a young black man is horrible. But in this environment, relative to an old white man, you're like extremely fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I got privilege on top of privilege, you know. Even if you don't think it's a privilege, I turned it into a privilege because I'm a superhero like that. So we transmute <laughs> the traumas and dramas and find our superpowers. Uh, yeah. That's free well, right there. It is. Captain Pat, where can the, the people find you? The people can find Captain Pat on Instagram at Captain Pat 22 and Facebook. Captain Pat, Captain Pat Walker. Or uh, in Monterey, right? In Monterey, yes. Walking the streets. <laughs> Walking the streets of Alcalde, the Alcalde block, 400, the 400 block. It's only about 12 hours. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, thank you for uh, oh, joining the show. Yeah. I'm going to put this on my podcast, too. I think it's still recording. Yep. It's called the Captain Pat Podcast. Well, when this comes out, we'll definitely plug it. We'll, we'll tell the, uh, the fans all about it. And, and I'll yeah. listen to it every day because I'm already running out of podcasts since there's nothing to do. Sweet. Man, I just want to say shout out to Captain Pat. Whenever he's on, man, it's he brings something that I it's, it's something either reassuring or really made me think of that I didn't really have on my radar and the fact that he was like an educator, still is an educator, brings to light something about, you know, the way we as Americans are going to move forward in the education system. And, um, yeah, just shout out Captain Pat, you know. Shout out to Captain Pat. Always a good conversation. Always leaves you thinking. So, if I do recall correctly, Garcetti told everyone last Friday, um... Yeah, we have a stay-at-home order, but that doesn't mean you have to stay at home. You can go to your local park. You can go hiking. You could do this and that. Just not in crowds, right? Yeah, just not in crowds. But what the hell does that mean to say everyone go to hike, but don't crowd it? Like, he's not saying, like, all right, on Mondays, five of you go. And then on, you know, like, so he should have known better. And today, uh, what's today? Uh, Tuesday? We're recording this on a, on a Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. Um, he basically told everyone to stop going to parks and stuff. And then made it seem like everyone was being stupid. And they were. But he should have known better. So you're saying he should have set it a precedent earlier and just immediately banned all the parks, beaches, and, and sort of thing? Yeah, because, I mean, if we're going to do this, we got to do it right. You already shut down businesses. Like, yeah. let's not make this any longer than it has to be. Yeah. That's fair. I, I maybe at that point that he already knew that people were gonna do that. So like he wanted to soften the blow a little bit and say, Hey, 
all these your favorite restaurant is closed, but at least you could you know still walk around your favorite on the hiking spot. <laughs> you can still go to your favorite hiking spot for a week, and then Monday <laughs> psych. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I was uh, seeing people on social media posts about like stuff people walking around in Malibu at the pier, that sort of thing. And, and but it's like at that point, it's they didn't all try to get there in. The intention was not that, but, you know, it's still the consequence or the result yeah. of the crowd. Um, but, yeah, I was able to get out of the house a little bit today. Just walked around just a couple blocks to uh, that Korean spot. Mm-hmm. Um, got some kimchi stew. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> but it had pork in it, and it kind of turned me off. Well, a little pork. That's traditional. Yeah, that was just and, a tiny bit. Kimchi jjigae. Um, just a tiny bit goes a long way. Um, but yeah, speaking of pork, this could segue, perfect segue, into uh, one of our little, uh, one of our favorite segments, the Tapeworms Movie Club. Let's get that going. This is the Tapeworms Movie Club segment where we review movies we've recently seen and we'll discuss today. Okja. Okja. Uh, it's Bong Joon Ho's movie. Big Bong Joon Ho fans here at the Tapeworms yeah, Podcast. Yeah, big fans. We love Parasite. If you love Parasite, Rafa, if you love Parasite, I feel like you also like this. Uh, you know, definitely different story, but uh, similar style, and uh, I like the acting too. There, it's a, it is a, an American co-production, so there's you know, Tilda Swinton, Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, other American actors that are in this movie. But Caesar, you watched it today, right? Uh, Last yesterday. Night? Yesterday, and and. Obviously, it did something to you because Jeez, you immediately were saying, "We're like, I, I don't want to eat meat anymore. I, I want to, you know." I, you were looking up all these forums of how Okja changed your others' lives. <laughs> I was on, <laughs> on Bong Joon Ho forums, <laughs> and uh, I feel like that it has done uh, that to a lot of people. Not you, including Sue's my girlfriend. She was also like, she saw Okja a few months ago and was also like up in arms about like. I can't eat meat. I can't eat, you know, I don't want to exploit, add to factory farming. And it's, you know, it's a fictional movie, but at the same time, it, it has some metaphors in there that that tells something, uh, that point to something, a social theme, which yeah. I think is a great, across the his Bong Joon-ho's filmography, you'll see. Um, this one has to do with this cute little, pig hippo type named Okja. <laughs> yeah, the and super pig. Rela- yeah, super pig in its relationship with uh, her, you know, little mom. This is a 10-year-old yeah. girl. And uh, what are your takeaways? One, um, I remember having a conversation with a friend. I don't remember when, but um, it was based on when someone listens to a great speech or a great work or experiences a work of art and then it immediately causes them to have like some sort of mind shift in what their beliefs are. We started talking about 
does that make someone weak or does that make someone like receptive? Um, so th- that movie, you know, because it made me so quickly think about like animal um, cruelty, just, you know, the whole eating meat thing. I was like, dang, like I-, I thought about that in my own head. I'm like, wow, was this like really impactful and deep or am I easily swayed? <laughs> um, but I mean, upon further examination, I really think it it really is an impactful film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did really make me think about my meat eating habits let me tell you i was telling you it was you, I, it's probably on the record in the in the, these podcasts i was saying in the archives in the archives if like if you watch parasite Dave you gotta Holmes watch Oakcha, yeah it's probably in there somewhere but maybe it's uh off the record but either way i i gotta say if you watch parasite i don't even want to compare it to parasite because it's I feel like it also can stand alone as as a movie. I think it was only it was Netflix only, or it went straight to Netflix, right? So you you can, or maybe it went out in theaters. Either way, classic movie. Um, what was your favorite scene? Um, or character, or or uh, least favorite character, or or what 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 would you? Besides the general message, what would uh, what did you what were the particulars? Um, I liked when like the little girl and the pig were just like kind of kicking it in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, liked yeah. when she was eating soup with her grandpa. That just looks really chill. Just you're in the mountains eating soup with with the squad. Yeah. Um, and I guess I. The, the little girl acted really well. Yeah. No, there's it it definitely a performance worth carrying one's attention for a, a couple of... I will say, though, uh, something we were talking about before recording is, uh, like, the vegan animal liberation group, right? Mm, yeah. And uh, how the, the way it's portrayed, you know, you, you, in today's, you know, society, if, you know, with PETA, all that, they can get a bad rap in terms of, like being uh sort of violent or or uh you know not as uh just being uh, annoying yeah being yeah yeah kind of annoying i guess being like just in your face about animal rights um but in this situation the animal liberation group is turns out to be kind of a, a central or a, a very helpful role they were the heroes Oakja. in the movie yeah you know and it's still like he it wasn't like all praise really they had some sort of uh they weren't they had some sort of flaws they they were it's it's nice is that they weren't like all great good or they had some flaws mm-hmm. to them which made them more human more likable more interesting as characters and i've never yeah. seen something like, like that one of the one of the things that happened in the film was that one of the members of the animal liberation front group um he he was like on the verge of passing out mm-hmm. and then uh, the whole leader of the group was like what's wrong with you or something and then he's like um all food is exploitation i'm trying to re- reduce my prints on the earth right and so he right. hasn't been eating like for like the whole week and he's it's passing just, out and, and stuff. it, it kind of like i, I like that about the film that you know they presented the animal liberation people as heroes but at the same time just like any other group you have some people that take it a little too far yeah and um even I don't know, like even in in the whole business end of the film, like some people that were like a part of the big corporation, looked like they were actually pretty chill business people. 
Whereas other people in the corporations were just straight up like, like not like they just did not look good for the world. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's a uh, interesting. Very, you got the corporation, you got the small. It go from from all different levels of like the corporate to the very like farm. Mm-hmm. It uh. Shows a perspective, and yes, Jake Gyllenhaal is in it, and he's perhaps at least to me, he was like, I, he was annoying, but that was the point of it. He's, yeah, he is uh, kind of the anti-hero, the anti-Christ. I didn't recognize him at first. Like, it took me a yeah. while, and then I, I just kind of took a, like, a better look at him, and I'm like, yeah. holy crap, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. So, hey, if you like. Uh, even if you've seen Parasite or just want to get into Bong Joon-ho's filmography, watch Okja. It's on Netflix. Um, it's, what, two hours long? And, and uh, you won't regret it. Yeah, and uh, because I am on the, on the brink of potentially becoming vegan... Okay. Um, maybe shoot me some recipes in the DMs. Yeah, shoot some and, recipes. And rooms, or just give let, us some more reasons. And let us know uh, if you watched it. Let us know what you thought of it. Uh, we will post about it. We'll make yeah. a post about it uh, saying like, you know, we'll make a post. And we'll, and we'll say we're, we're open to comments. We're open to suggestions. And let us know what we should review next. And now for our favorite, <laughs> your favorite, and our favorite segment of the Tablerooms podcast, the One Sip Worms. One Sip Worms. All right. So today, I wouldn't necessarily call this, okay, a little early on the cracking open. Um, but today, it's a—it's uh, not the—it's not the most craftiest of beers. But it is, I feel like it's a good mid-tier beer, and I just sort of had it lying around. Um, I like the artwork. It's Heineken. So it's a, an Amsterdam favorite. I love the green can, yeah, and the star. Um, so let's put, crack it open. All right. I actually have a cup. Pass me that glass behind you. Remember when we were allowed to go outside and we would go to Buffalo Wild Wings on Thursdays? Gotta get the ASMR. Yeah, I remember Buffalo Wild Wings. Those are the days. I know it's crazy how how much things can uh, affect life. Oh, I needed that. All right, so here's the sip. It's a it's Heineken um, in a can. A lot of people get in the bottle, but I'm a I'm a can guy. I don't Are know. You ready for a controversial statement? It's not controversial. It's just groundbreaking. Heineken's aftertaste tastes like boba's aftertaste. Boba, like milk tea. Yeah. I don't know if I let's try it. Like when you chew a boba. I don't know where you're getting that from. Maybe I haven't had boba in in, in a. I. Full disclosure: I haven't had boba in a, in a little while. 
I've been wanting to go, but I don't have anyone to go with. I used to go with Suze, but now Suze, like, she's, for some reason. She never wants to see you. Well, she's out. She's up in Salinas right now. Oh. Might as well, right? Go visit family. Yeah. No, I, I, well, my thing is, like, if I have the virus, I don't want to give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's. Okay, so back to the review. I think this beer is a. Uh, it's crisp log. It's very crisp. I like loggers. They're nice and crisp. Um, it's not like you're not going to get this b- burst of flavor, though. You're not going to get like this, you know, some banana bread type or, or it's just a. I mean, you do get a little bit more than like a Curves Light or a Bud Light. But very crisp. It's crisp and it's cold, straight out of my uh, mini fridge here in the studio. I can imagine myself, like, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings Thursday night watching football, just knocking one of these bad boys back. So the reason why I got these was uh, actually because it's watching Blue Velvet, this movie, and uh, there's this there's this whole thing and there were kind of a joke in the movie of like, what's your favorite beer? And the guy's like Heineken, and uh, it's his. It's the guy. It's Kyle McLaughlin's favorite beer. So I got it because I was watched Blue Velvet. And uh, but but to score to score. Okay, general artwork eight. Yeah, I like the artwork. The uh, classic. It's very like it, it takes me somewhere. You know, it's like it's not the granted. It's not like the the iconic bottle. But it still takes that idea, and I like I like the lettering, like the the fact that you have to look all the way around to read the full Heineken thing. For some reason, it just makes good use of the space, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the red star, it's it's nice. Um, and it's made in Amsterdam, so um, it's very it's very bubbly. It's very <laughs> Give bubbly. Me that. I'm no, no, like crazy. Yeah, for some reason too, it, I found that out to be true of. For some reason, when you drink Heineken, you have to piss a lot. It's like you have to burp a lot and piss a lot. I don't know why. You know what? Um, a good sign about this beer that I think it's a it's a good budget quality beer is that I don't imagine myself, you know, playing drinking games at a party or, and knocking these back. Like right. I, I, I imagine myself, you know, at my local Applebee's, you know, a, an expensive <laughs> night out of the town, very luxury, um, you know, watching sports and just hanging out. This is what I what I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's a good mid tier uh, beer in between when you're uh, not like you know at a party, but at, at the same time you want to like have a, a decent beer that goes well with food. Or, yeah, it definitely or, goes well with food. I can just yeah. just by tasting. Yeah, something with like yeah something salty or or uh, some snacks. Some snacks, yeah, man. Um, I could see these going since it's an Amsterdam beer. There's Amsterdam's known for its really good fries. I got a piss already. <laughs> see, <not> lying. <laughs> see, I, got a piss I don't bad. know what they put in Heineken, but it just makes you want to piss. That's <laughs> true. All right, score ideal setting at a uh, Amsterdam for me. Amsterdam uh, fr- fry restaurant where you can have like all these really good fries and a and a Heineken. What's your score? Mm. Oh, vibe. You were talking vibe right now. That was a vibe, but being score, I'm going to go, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, nothing that much to write home about. I'm going to give it a 
Six point six. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a six eight. You know, it's it's nothing special, but I mean, it's it's pretty budget, and mm-hmm. it doesn't it's not disgusting. Yeah, but I don't know. It, we 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 do have the luxury of having it really cold too. So if it maybe it wasn't as cold, yeah, I'd, it's I'd really pro- cold right now. I'd give it a, a four or, or lower. I don't know. It's cold. It's good. you don't need anything else. Yeah. Just, I mean, if you're just trying to kick it, yeah, you're a little cool. Uh, right. Applebee's. This is all you need. Yeah. Well, that was the one sip worms, man. Anyway, let's uh, roll the outro, and we'll uh, have a, a little song to show to you guys, the listeners. Okay. <laughs> to this episode of the Taperance Podcast. And remember, keep keep it it wormy. wormy.